Blog Talk Radio.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, you are my hiding place. Lord, you're my hiding place today. I, I need a place where I can run in and be saved, and he's my hiding place. He's the one I can go to in time of trouble, and he will never turn me away. He's always there for me. And so I am grateful unto him this morning. He's my rock. He's the place I can go to in times of trouble. And so I'm thankful unto him this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, We've been having some wonderful, wonderful weather here. Nice and warm. It's hot. And uh, I'm so thankful uh, for the nice weather because I was really and truly over the cold. (laughs) I'm telling you, that cold was something serious. And so God blessed us that um, we could have warm weather here. Feel like springtime in the morning, and then in the afternoon, to me it feel like summer. And so I'm thinking, you, you, you see, God know what we want; He know what we need. And if we'll let go and just trust Him and go on, we accepted the cold. All right, it's winter. Let's go. We accepted it and went on, but we wanted warmer. And because we wasn't stuck right there on concerning ourselves where we won't warm or whether we won't warm God just came in and just eased it right in on us. And we're blessed, yeah, to have warm weather. So thankful. I've seen people in beach attire yesterday. Uh, some of them was going out to the beach and uh, different pools and lakes and things to swim. Yeah, that's how hot it was in the 80s, 87, 80. Uh, 583. Yeah, good weather. Good weather for me because I love it. Yeah, this afternoon it'll be 78. And I'm sure that 78 will feel like 80. And so we thank God. We thank God for good weather, good warm weather. Grateful unto him. And anytime we need anything, he's our hiding place. We can go there and hide out from everybody else and talk to God about whatever the situation may be for us. Yeah, we're grateful unto him. We appreciate him. We love him. There's none like him. Hallelujah. He's on our side. He's our God. He's our Savior. Yeah, he's got all power. All power is for us. And he said if he be for us, he's more than the whole world against us. And I know some people act like they got it together and everything is just what they call hunky-dory and everything is good. But there are those days, there are those times when trials come, and the trials come to make us strong. I look at Job and different ones, and I look at some people been in a trial for 20 years. We don't want to go through a trial for one hour. A day, oh, we almost have a heart attack. But the trial comes to teach us. It comes to make us strong. Sometimes the trial is sickness. Yeah, sometimes the trial is we got to go in the nursing home. We got to go to rehabilitation. Different ways that the trials come. Somebody walk out our lives that we love. All kind of ways, different ways trials come. But if we got God, no matter what go on, we should hold on to his unchangeable hand. He won't change. He was that way yesterday. He's that way today. And he will be that way forevermore. Yes, yes, I love him. I love him. And uh, he's on our side. 
And today is the original, for real, birthday. It's today, February 27th. The weekend, I went over and celebrated with family and friends at the Red Lobster. It tried to be a flop, y'all. It really tried to be a flop, but God. And so we laughed and ate good, drank good, celebrated. And I got birthday cake and uh, gifts. And money, and I'm just happy. <laughs> and uh, I'm thankful unto him, thankful unto him for all he has done, yeah, in my life. And even uh, with the birthday celebration, I have families that say, well, look, we want to do this and this for your birthday, but they don't want to invite nobody else. They just want me and them. So that's what I'm doing this week. Yeah, I'm going for me and them birthday celebrations. And uh, I thank God for that as well. Y'all keep intercessors. Please keep Rose Brown lifted in prayer. She's in rehab right now. And so we want to keep her lifted in prayer. But she did post on Facebook. Uh, I think it was yesterday. And uh, I was happy to see that. That let me know that she's coming out. You know, she's doing better. Because she wasn't posting nothing. And uh, she was going through. But God is bringing it. Prayer will fix it every time, over and over again. Yeah. He hear what we say and why we're calling on him. He's already there, really, but we say he's always already on the way. Prayer will fix it over and over again, every time. And that's what we want to do. We want to keep praying because not only does God hear, but he answers. And when I pray, I, I let it go. Many times I forget I prayed for this. And when it show up, I be like, mm, oh, yeah, I prayed for this. Because, see, I know he's going to answer. I let it go. If, I'm, if, if I don't think he's going to answer, I'm not going to pray. If I'm thinking I'm taking a chance on God, talking to him, I'm not going to do it. Because with me and him, there is no chance. With me and him, he hears. And he decides whether or not he should answer or not. And whether he answered or not, I accept what he allowed because it's yet working together for my good. And if it will work together for my good, he's given it to me and quick. Yeah, because he wants me to be happy. He wants me to be satisfied. Hallelujah. He wants me to be encouraged in him and know that he's for me. And he won't withhold no good thing from me. Hallelujah. I feel all right right there. Amen. Goes right there. So when trouble comes, I don't have it to worry about. Because in my time of trouble, he'll come in and deliver me out of the trouble. And so I'm so thankful unto him. Uh, I got a prayer today from a friend and um, from a bishop. And he said, don't let nothing disturb your peace today now. It's your birthday. Take it easy. Don't argue. Don't fight with nobody. Just just, just have peace. And uh, I said, all right, all right, because evidently God got a special plan for me for today. Yeah, he want to bless me real good. And so I'm thankful unto him. And this morning, all we got to do is trust him. I promise. And a lot of times it's like this. We want it so bad, and we want him to do it right now until we forget about that patience have a perfect work. 
so that we may be entire and wanting nothing. That's what it says in the scripture over in James chapter 1. Yeah. And he talks about this work. And he talks about faith. Faith without works is dead. That's what he said. Working sometimes is going through that trial. Whatever trial you're in, working is what helped the trial. Sometimes the work is the trial itself that you're going through. You think uh, you're supposed to be out in the field uh, talking to people, giving people, doing this. No. It's in that trial that you're going through. So you got to take your time and pray, uh, fast. Yeah, you, you, you got to take your time and, you know, seek God. Some people seek him and why I'm going through this. Why not you go through this? Because if you trust me, I'm going to use what you're going through to bless others. Others will see my blessing upon your life. But if you go through, oh, war with me, why me, Lord? Everybody else got this, they got that, but Lord, look at me. Now, nobody's going to see your blessing. What they're going to see about you is grumbling and complaining, and you feeling sorry for yourself, and you're having a pity party, and you're over there drinking pitiful punch, eating pitiful food, and you want your family and friends on the pity party. I'm not one to go to pity parties. I don't like them. They're not very uplifting. They're not a party that praise God, lift God up. And, uh-uh. They're not encouraging. But when you let God have his way in your life and you let go of it, when I tell you God coming in and fix that thing, and he's making you better than you have ever been. Y'all know I always got a testimony ready now. <laughs> Glory to his majesty, because he has been good to me over and over again. He never left me. He don't forsake me. He's always here with me. Listen, my second oldest son, he called himself these days A.L. Holly. <laughs> and it, the initial stands for Abdullah Lamar Holly. He's got my brother's middle name. Lamar, and his middle name is Lamar. So look at this. This was way back in 1988. New Year's Day of 1988. I never forget it. Late in the afternoon, could have been around three-ish. He and my son uh, have another one named Yusuf. We call him Bree. A.L. and Bree was harassing me this day. Can we please just go out and throw the football where the girls was watching them, you see? And they knew the girls and the women was looking at them, so they wanted to go out and throw the ball so they could see them. I knew what, what it was. I said, no, no, no. It's New Year's. Stay in the house. Y'all go back there and find some games or something. Watch some TV or something. Stay in. Well, Lonnie was a writer, so he was in his bedroom. That's my oldest son. He was in his bedroom writing and rhyming or whatever he was doing. And um, Coco was in Naima, my oldest daughter that passed away. She was in her bedroom doing whatever. And uh, the rest of the kids, you know, they 
uh, in the living room watching cartoons or whatever, and I'm in my bedroom on the phone uh, with, I think, the aunt, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, it could have been my boss. Anyway, I hit a shot because they kept harassing me to go out and play. So I said, go ahead. Don't leave the parking lot. Stay right there and throw the ball. And Lonnie would be watching him through the window while he writing, you know. All of a sudden, I hear all of these shots ring out. And I hear uh, uh, Coco running to Lonnie's bedroom. I hear the bam on the bed. She threw him on the bed from the window. And in a little, in a second, like, Lonnie says, Mom, Dooley been hit. Oh my, you couldn't imagine. It, it looked like everything just turned to slow motion. I said, what? It, it was like it was in slow motion. Hold through his bedroom windows. From the bullets, everything in the parking lot, cars, other apartments got shot. They, they were just sprayed. When I got out there, there was a hole really in A.L.'s heart. There was a hole there. I look. All I, it come to me quickly, pray. That's all I could do. I didn't have time to prep and, 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 and be uh, proper with it and oh God, the father of Abraham. I, I didn't have time for all of that. I had time for this, Father God, in the name of Jesus. This my seed. And, Lord, I, I need you to touch him right now and heal. While this prayer was going on, you could not hear birds chirping, crickets cricketing. You could not hear anything but that prayer going forth. When I opened my eyes, people was out there. It looked like from everywhere with their head bowed. I looked, I said, oh. And I, I, I looked back at him. He was down on one knee. <laughs> like he was Kilpatrick. When I looked at him, the hole over his heart had moved further away, and it was much smaller. Life flight came. I didn't even call the police. I didn't call nobody. I ran out there. Lonnie took off running first, and I ran right behind him. Because I was stunned for a minute, a second. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. When we got out there, all I could do is pray. Life like come cut his, uh, they call them white beaters. We call them gall shirts. Cut that off of him, and they took off with him. I said, well, somebody tell me where they take him a child. They said, over the shans, meet us over there. Well, I had called my, as a matter of fact, this who I was on the phone with, my boss. Because I told him, I said, dude, this got shot. I got to go. I got to go. And I threw the phone down, took off behind money. When Life Flight got him to the plane to lift him up, to put him in, my boss was there. He said, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go. said, Coco and Bree, y'all take care of the house. And uh, I'm taking your mama to go see about Abdullah. So, they went inside and everything. My cousin had come, sent some people, and told me, don't worry about nothing. He got it. I was like, what? How would he know? Anyway, I went on. 
boss went in there with. But when I got in, listen to this, listen to this. I'm telling you, when we pray, let it go. When we pray, pray believing God and let it go. Act like you didn't even pray a prayer. When I got to the hospital, he was sitting up. <laughs> he said, now, Mom, I said, with the, with the uh, oxygen mask on, he took it off. I said, boy, put that back on. He said, no, I'm good. Mom, I said, what? what took you so long? I said, you flew in here. We had to drive over here. What took so long? I said, well, how you feel? He said, I'm having a little problem breathing, but I'm good. I said, okay. So the doctor come, and the doctor told me uh, it didn't hit no vital organs, and the bullet went through his breath. Never touched hard, never touched nothing. But they wanted to keep him in intensive care. So they did all this stuff to him and hooked him up to all these machines and all this stuff, and he was in intensive care. Uh, people was coming to visit him. Now look at this. Look at this. The bullet went through his breast, through his breast, and out his body. He don't have no metal in him today. That happened when he was around 13. He's almost 50 now. No metal in his body, no nothing. If anything, he'll use that I got shot thing as an excuse for some foolishness he want to do. At almost 50, he'll still use that. And sometimes people go for that. I'm his mother. I don't go for that. I know better. Boy, I was bad. I don't forget. Afterwards, six days later, because I prayed the prayer of faith, I said, Lord, if you fix him like nothing never happened to him, I will not seek revenge on nobody, no one. Lord, just heal me. I went on. Well, six days later, he come home from the hospital. Because, you know, I'm going to the hospital to see him. And he a big baby at 13. And, ma, you know, that kind of stuff. He gets home. And he's good. He's really good. But he see my weakness as a mother for her son. So he don't have to do chores. You know, he's been shot and he's showing it to his brothers and sisters. And yeah, I'm just not the same. <laughs> you better than you were. God healed you and made you better. So he comes to me and he likes soul food. We're in the South. Ma, I said, what? Can we, you think we can have fried chicken and collard greens and macaroni and cheese, cornbread? And can you make a banana pudding? Now, this for somebody who say they're not the same and look at my bruise and my, my wound. I've been shot and I've been in intensive care for six days and I'm just weak and just pitiful. <laughs> this is what you want. He had me going. He had me going for almost two weeks, no school. He had a, a, a part-time job at a seafood restaurant. They sending him paychecks, and they just, oh, they just, he's such a good young man, because he and Lonnie both worked there, and they were trained to respect the dough. And if you went to work, you was trained to work and not come over here to play. 
And anything you didn't like, you go to the boss about it in a, a nice way, respectable way. So they just love both, both of them. And uh, he telling me what he want to eat and all of this. I've been shot and I think this kind of food will help me heal better. Well, the doctor had told me he was going to be all right, and the doctor had told me he was good. <laughs> and in two weeks, you know, let him go back to school because from the trauma of, of being shot at 13, you know, he had to get back in the swing of things. You know, I knew that part. But he wasn't in critical condition as he was trying to play on me to get what he wanted from me. And uh, I don't even think he came home with a prescription. Do y'all hear me? No, no nation. I tell you how good he was. And I'm cooking. I'm taking off from work. I'm doing all this stuff. And uh, I'm dressing him nice, making sure he got all his favorite clothes and T-shirts, you know, clean and everything. And it come to me one day, nobody but the Lord, he playing on me. Now, if he can do all this other stuff, watch TV, da-da-da-da-da, he want to go out and shoot a little hoop every now and then, uh, he, he's not that bad off, Barbara. So I told him, I said, boy, you, you've been playing me like a piano, in other words. I'm not cooking like this no more. I'm cooking regular meals like I do, which I cook meals like that anyway, you know. And uh, I said, it's going to be some sloppy dough, sloppy Joe days with some chips and a pickle and some fruit punch. And you're going to have a Debbie cake. I said, it, it won't be no more of these big lavish <laughs> meals with all of this. Just playing on me. Yeah. But I said all of that to say this. When you pray, let go. I'll hold on to it. Every time you think about it, pray about it again and let it go. If it come back to you, pray about it again and let it go. Why? When you when you let go, God going to take over. It looks like it'll be some days go by and you ain't heard nothing. He ain't said nothing. Nothing has changed. Look like things got worse. You pray some more and let it go. Yeah. If you can't, stop thinking about it. If you can't, I know it's in your face. Well, Barbara, how can I put the word to it? Whatever God said in his word concerning you and any trouble or any bad situation, that's what you want to quote to it. Because mm-hmm. so it's a thing. It is a thing. And we put the word to things. We put prayer to things. The songwriter said, Lord, don't move my mountain." Just give me the strength to climb. Don't take away my stumbling block. Just lead me all around and show me what to do in this situation. Show me how to have peace and joy and happiness in this situation. Show me what to do to make this situation better. I'm sure Rose Brown had to pray that. I'm sure she had to call on the name of the Lord in her situation. I'm sure Brother Frank was there at some point. I had to call on him when I had a bad cold lasting three months. I had to call on him when after the cold come to boil. 
I'm like, what? I ain't never had this nothing like this before. But I called on the name of the Lord, and not only did he hear, but he answered. Not only did he hear my body, but he brought me back to a place I didn't think I could get back to the way I was feeling. And as long as it was taken, will this ever end? Please, somebody tell me. When, Lord? This is going to end. Yeah. I think a lot of mine came from disobedience, and the reason I say that is because take a rest, take it easy, relax, stop this. I'm doing it unto you, Lord. I'm keeping it going. <laughs> I don't want to disappoint God. I want the Lord to know I'm in the harvest. I'm working the field. And he showed me, when I tell you to do something, you're going to go on and do it. But see, I thought because I was working the harvest, I was working in the field, I was working in the vineyard. You see, I thought nothing would happen. I would be good because I'm getting the work done. The harvest is plenteous, but the labor's a few. But I spoke and said, rest. Come out, sit down a while, drink some cold water. Take a nap. Yeah. Uh-uh. I got to keep going. I got to check on this. I got to answer the phone. Oh, so, 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 and so, and that. Uh-uh. And he showed me. But look what he done for me. I repented. He brought me back. Even in the repenting, he strengthened me. In the repenting, he gave me vitamin D, which I direly needed. They said, oh, why is it people in Florida don't have no vitamin D, especially black people? I said, I don't know. But see, I cut back on the milk. I was an ice cream fanatic. I love it, even pumpkin ice cream. Oh, I love some pumpkin ice cream. But I had to cut back on all of that so the weight, you know, could come off. I, could, I couldn't be 350 pounds. My body don't hold like that. I couldn't be 500 pounds, so I cut back on certain things, took it out my diet. But I needed to replace it with something better, stronger. Yeah, milk, ice cream, all of this vitamin D. But I needed to get something less fattening but stronger so that I would have the energy and go out in the sun every now and then. I wasn't even going in the sun. Because I was sick. But God healed my body. And I stopped looking at it, worrying about it, concerned. Uh -uh. I done told the Lord about it. I'm through. And I go on. And I'm so grateful unto him that when I tell him something and I let it go, he come right in and fix it. I don't even know he coming that way. Because we never know how God is going to come. Yeah. Hallelujah. And we're thankful unto him. This morning we got Dr. E.B. Hill again, and he's over at Promise Keepers. And when I tell y'all he's showing out over there, he is completely showing out in the spirit of the Lord over at Promise Keepers. And this was way back. I think this was 95 it could have been. Yeah, 1995. And, uh, yeah, I love Dr. E.B. Hill. And uh, I love the way he, you know, bring the message. And so I'm thankful unto him. Again, intercessors, let's keep 
Rose Brown lifted in prayer. And for those that are in the prayer club and in the chat room over there and uh, in Jesus in the morning chat room over on Facebook, those that are posting prayers, I thank you so much because that's what it's all about. People want to post, have a good day, have a, they want to post everything. I say, these folk must no, not know how to pray. I said, pray. And it, it appears folks don't follow instructions. They don't understand, I guess, and, and they don't think, you know, it's wise to ask. But I'd rather ask the question, is this what God do it all the time? Is this what you're talking about for me to do over here? Because I want to be a part and I want to encourage people. But we know people only come for what they want sometimes. It's only about them. It's not about what you said. I heard prayer. I want some. I feel I need it. Go on and pray for me. I'm not praying for nobody. I'm just getting prayer. And so sometimes I look at that and say, well, maybe this is all these people can do. And I don't want to complain and discourage them. But if, if you don't know how to pray, now is the time to learn. Yeah, we have a lady over there, and, you know, she said God is still, you know, working with her, and she's still learning. So, you know, a lot of times people pray selfish prayers. No, it's a prayer club. It's not about you and all you want. We praying for each other. As I pray for others, they pray for me. It's a win-win situation in my book. Prayers coming in and prayers going out. Prayers coming in and prayers going out. He said, well, two or three. It's a bunch of us over there. If I'm not mistaken, there may be 400 people in the prayer club. So if there's that many people in the prayer club and prayers going out and prayers coming in, I, I, I just don't know. Morning, Sion. God bless you. Thank you so much for the birthday wish. February 27th. <laughs> Thank you for the prayer, too. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. So we want to learn to pray more. And not so much for us, but for others. Because when I tell you you got these prayers going out for others, God going to look at your situation, and guess what he's going to say? Oh, they're not selfish. They pray for other people. I can't help but bless them. I'm going to bless them today. Now, they've been looking for an uncommon blessing. They, they've been looking for a house. They've been looking for a car. And they couldn't afford it. They didn't have the money. And, and I wasn't looking at them. But because they did this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bless them with that house, or I'm going to bless them with the car, I'm going to bless them on the job, I'm going to do this. Yeah, God, God began to get a real purpose and plan uh, uh, aside from what he already got for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. But I know people haven't been trained like that. You know what I'm saying? So they don't they don't really know. Yeah, they don't really know. But when you pray for others, God is going to meet your needs. If he is. 
So this is why I, I, I'm always wanting to pray for other people. When you get blessed, I get overjoyed. Because of me getting overjoyed for you, guess what happens? I'm overjoyed for you. And anything you can't use, God give it to me. Because I'm genuinely, genuinely happy, genuinely happy that God blessed you. The bishop taught us that. He would say, come here, Barbara, and, 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 and dance with her. He want me to come and dance with her before the Lord because this is what's happening. Whatever God is blessing her with that she can't use, he's going to give it to you. And then sometimes it's like this. He give enough that both of y'all get. Yes. I'm so happy about that. They call it overflow. Overflow, yeah. That's what they call it, overflow. You get their overflow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm thankful unto him that he's able to do that. Yeah. Uncommon favors and uncommon blessings, uncommon miracles. See, we bless each morning. Yeah, we bless each morning. But look at this. Uncommon blessings mean we get what we don't normally get in blessings. He wake us up each morning, closing our right mind. Look at Brother Louis. <laughs> we have the use and activity of our life, health, and strength. I don't care if you can't walk, if you can't talk, if you can't hear. You yet have health and strength. You're alive. So he wakes us up every morning. That's a huge blessing. Great and mighty blessing because we can't wake ourselves up. Food on the table. Some of us got so much, uh, we got to give it away. Yeah. I eat the good of the land. I'm just telling you. When you eat too much of the good of the land, you're going to grow. <laughs> Outward, you know, sideways, frontward. You're going to have a bigger face than, yeah, yeah, because you're eating the good. So we ought to tell God, thank you for what he's already done, what he's doing right now, what he will do. But just to say, he's going to do greater things for you. And when I say greater things, uncommon things. You go to the mailbox, there's an unexpected check. You go to your bank account, there's an unexpected deposit that's legal. This is old to you. You didn't even know it. God sent your money angels to bring your money. Uh, God sent the food angels. He sent the medication angels. He sent the healing angels. He sent the teaching angels. He sent the protecting angels like you never had before. You almost got in an accident. You know you, you were supposed to die in that. Nothing never happened. You didn't even get to touch the other car. The other car didn't touch you. Uncommon blessing. All of a sudden, you people liking you from here, there, and everywhere. Uncommon favor. Fat bones. I thank you, Brother Lewis. 
Isaiah 58 and 11, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose water fail not. That's what he does. Uh-huh. And, and this is what happened to them. That the Lord is guiding continually. And that the one that he's satisfying their soul in drought. Everybody else couldn't get the medication. Everybody else couldn't get this and that. But you got it. Uncommon favor. All year long, not just my birthday. All year long, he gives me uncommon favor, uncommon blessings, uncommon miracles. This year, all the people that came to the birthday lunch was from out of town. Did y'all hear that? Only one person from last year came, and that was my brother, and he left. He left very early. He ordered tea, and right after he ordered the tea, he got up out of there. Said he was going to the bathroom, never come back. Because the Lord was showing his sister something special. He had given her uncommon blessings. For her birthday, he gave uncommon miracles right in my face. Oh, y'all don't know like I know what he did for me. I know it's been four months since I went to the prison, maybe five. Went to the prison yesterday. What a wonderful ride, laughter. Oh, it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was sick. I'm telling you now. <clears throat> I had a cold. They said it wasn't COVID, it wasn't the flu. It was just a straight-up virus of a cold. And it was like that thing didn't want to turn them loose. Right after that, the boil. Next thing I know, Shante came. All this sickness with my mama. I got to go and see what is going on. Is she all right? Yeah, I'm better. Better than I was. Mm-hmm. I told people. Pray for me, this and that. But I kept going to a certain degree. I kept going. But most of December, I, uh-uh, I wasn't. Mm-mm. When I came back in January, mm-mm, mm-mm. but he kept me going. <laughs> Many days I sat right here going through, nobody knew. Y'all pray for me. Because I was not going to talk about how bad it was so that the devil could come in and it get worse. Now. I'm healed, I'm filled, I have the victory. This is the report of the Lord concerning us that are here, that he's guiding continually and that he satisfied his soul. In drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered God and like a spring of water whose water fails not. Thank you, Brother Lewis. Yeah. You see, he's going to take care of us. So we're going to be a little overweight, fat bones, he said, fat bones. 
You eating the good of the land. You drinking the precious water. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I had a, a, a roast beef. It was made for me. And they put to, the little tomatoes, the petite tomatoes. That's how I make it now. They didn't make it somewhere else and bring it. It was, as Mr. Say on the color purple, made on my stove. He said made in his stove, in the oven, but made on my stove. In a crock pot when they finished seeing the beef. You talking about flavorful. That thing was good. But after a few days, because I don't eat steak. I don't really like roast beef, but that was excellent. But after a few days, the leftovers, you get rid of them because they don't have no more flavor. We took the fat off the top. All the fat we took out of that. It tastes like cardboard and leather. Throw it away. Couldn't eat it. Got to throw it away. But the fresh first pot, the, the, the when it first got done, and it was time for me to eat it, oh, my goodness. But enough is enough. I'm not going to let you have too much of this, but just enough to satisfy you. I was very satisfied and full. Hallelujah. He'll do all of this for us if we will let go, if we stop holding on. Pray, believe God, let go. See, because if you didn't believe, you wouldn't pray. If you didn't have an idea, I'm going to tell God about it. And, and But some people say maybe. I don't say maybe. I'm going to tell God about it and he's going to fix it. That's the way I'm going with it. I know maybe he, uh-uh, he going to fix it. Because I told him about it. Not that he didn't know. Because his eyes are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. But I got to let go. Come out of the world and stop thinking like they think. I got to stay on top of this. I got to do this. I, no, you don't. You prayed about it. He already knows. Now, if he speaks to your heart and put it strong in your spirit to do something, move. But if he didn't put nothing for you to do, rock on, as they say. Find something else to do. Matter of fact, find somebody to do something for. Mm -hmm. An elderly person, a sick person. Find somebody to do something that God would be pleased with. And it would be all right in Jesus' name. Listen, we didn't pray yet, I know. We're going to pray the prayer of faith this morning. And uh, after prayer, we're going to bring Dr. E.B. Hill in. And today he's over at Promise Keeper. And men, I want y'all to listen. Mm -hmm, Women too. But men, I want you to listen well this morning. And I believe God is going to bless you greatly. Give you uncommon blessings through the word today. In the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for all you've done. Thank you for waking us up, closing our right mind. Thank you for what you're doing right now, Father. We're breathing, we're living. Oh, we have our being. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're going to do. Great and mighty, uncommon blessings and miracles and favor for us. We thank you this morning because you're almighty God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Ah, you're almighty God that have all power. There's nothing too hard for you to do this morning. Mm. 
Father, I bring your people before you. Because you know what each person needs today. You know what their trials are. You know the lessons in the trial. Lord, do it for your people. Give them the lesson. And Lord, I ask that if it be your will, if possible, Lord, and I know it is, that you would bring them through this trial quickly and give them the added uncommon blessing. No matter what it is, fix it, Lord, where they don't have to stay in a situation, but that, God, they can leave and they can come back if they choose. But each time they come back, the situation has gotten better and better. Oh, it's more blessed and more blessed each time they return. In the name of Jesus, Father, those that are going through financial trials, ask that you would move today. Give them the lesson, Father, and let them understand and move today in their finances. Increase, hallelujah, uncommon finances. In the name of Jesus, those that have businesses, increase the customers, the clients, those that want businesses. Father, show them how to put it together in the name of Jesus. Oh, I see things falling. I see houses. I see things falling. I see healing falling this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hey, God, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Reach out. Reach out. And get what you need. Tell God you, you're going down blessing, uncommon blessing boulevard. And Lord, give it to me, Lord. I, I want a better house. I want a better job. I want a better car. I want a business. Whatever it may be today. Hey, it's falling for you right now. God is sending it down on you right now. In the name of Jesus, if you can just receive this morning from him, oh, yeah, and it just shall live by faith. We we believe this by faith because I can see it falling. I can't. Hey, just catch it. Just get it. Just reach out. Ask God for it. Mm. I see relief falling. Relief. 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 I see burdens. Relief. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Higher. Thank you this morning, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Anything you need is falling right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your people. Shower them down with blessings, Lord. This will encourage your people. This will lift up your people in you. This will inspire them in you, Father. Not that you have to pay us, but God, we stand in the need. We we have wants. We have heart desires, and you know all about it. We're not after you for stuff and things, but we are after you because you're almighty God who have all power. You're on our side in spite of us. Father, you're looking beyond our fault and yet meeting our needs. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for moving. Mm, still moving. Blessings still falling. I see land and plants and gardens and he still just hey hey thank you thank you thank you thank you hallelujah hallelujah he haven't forgotten us thank you Jesus thank you Lord thank you 
Hey, thank you, God. Thank you. We thank you this morning. We thank you, Lord. We're grateful unto you. We appreciate you today. We love you and we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing for us right now. Hallelujah. Thank you for your uncommonness. Because you're not like any other God. And you're for us today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are for us, and we're grateful unto you. We thank you for your move. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for blessing our home. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen doors opening and spirits going out. Hallelujah. Of your house. Thank you, Jesus. Fresh anointing, Lord. Send fresh anointing upon us all this morning in the name of Jesus. And God, we will obey you at any cost. We will keep our mind on you. We will grow in you and your word today in the name of Jesus. Help us, Lord. Help us today to be quick to hear and slow to speak. And Father, help us to let patience have a perfect word that we may be in power and wanting nothing. Help us today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless every call and every listener this morning, those that are coming through the podcast and the archive. Lord, when they hear about the fallen, let them receive right then and there. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, have your way this morning right here. Mm. In the name of Jesus, feed us until we want no more. Help us to get a total blessing from your word this morning. But God, we will even share with others and that we will walk in what you said. Not what we think, but in what you said. Again today, help us, Lord, to trust you with all our hearts and lean not to our own understanding and all our ways. Help us to acknowledge you. Father, you're going to direct our path. Help us to be not wise in our own eyes. But help us to depart from evil. Help us to fear you first and depart from evil. Wisdom start when we begin to fear you, God. Help us this morning in the name of Jesus. Help us not to look at ourselves and think we got it. And we know and we got the answers. But, Lord, help us to receive from you today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Fresh and brand new. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. And, Father, we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing right now. Oh, thank you for your healing power. Hallelujah. Grateful. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We can't thank you enough. If we had 10,000 tongues and we began to praise you with everyone, it wouldn't be enough. But, Father, in our hearts and minds, you're more than. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're more than God. And we thank you this morning. Hallelujah and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. I said we were coming right back and go to Dr. E.B. Hill, but I need to at least give them one requested for the day and uh i think this one 
is the one I'm going to do. Hallelujah. And we're coming right back.
is the kind of radio you need. Yes, Jesus is the morning radio. Old radio for real people. Welcome again to PK Classics. My name is Vance Day, and I'm president of Promise Keepers, and this is Lisa Allickson, our co-host, and we love honoring our upline so we can inspire our downline. So, Lisa, out of the vault today, you pulled what? Vance, one of our most requested speakers through the PK years, E.V. Hill. He's a guy that brought truth into a generation like none other, and I think he might be the most quoted speaker when people contact our ministry and they remember something they heard. Yep, he's amazing. In fact, we're going to do something a little different today. We're going to bring you two E.V. Hill messages, literally back to back. And this one was in Seattle in 1995. And it's perfect for today because he speaks about racial reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So let's get right into it. 1995, E.V. Hill, Seattle. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank Thee for the privilege of being here tonight and being here in this northern western part of your great United States. And we would pray now that it would please you to please let us preach, not for fame nor reputation, but to the end that some will be convicted and will accept you as their Savior and Lord, and others will decide to do better. But we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. It's marvelous and good for me to have the privilege to come to the Northwest. I have so many friends, and I want to thank all of those responsible for coming up here and seeing that Christ is alive and Jesus is marching on. There is a rumor out that this is the deadest part of the United States as it relates to Jesus. I'm going to go back home and tell them, devil, you are a liar. As we come to the closing session, there are several things that it is hoped and prayed for by those who have so magnificently planned this occasion. I was interviewed in Washington by 
a media person who was completely baffled at why 50,000 men were in Kennedy Stadium. She wanted to know, are you Democrats, Republicans, Independents? I said, I'm sure. She wanted to know, are you here to see your congressman? I said, if he comes, I'm sure we'd be glad to have him. She wanted to know whether we were in here plotting against women. I told him that my mother was a woman, my wife is a woman, and my daughter is a woman, and that I love women. And then I explained to her exactly what we were trying to accomplish, and I want to do that tonight. Number one, we have earnestly come praying and believing that no man will leave here tonight unsaved. That the bottom line to promise keepers is leading men and women, boys and girls, into a relationship with God that comes only through Jesus Christ. And I thank God I have that relationship. The next thing that we have come honestly hoping that will happen is those who have accepted Christ will rededicate themselves to doubling their interests and their energies in seeing to it that when we leave here, not only Seattle, but all of the towns that are represented here will be impacted by the men who know Christ and who are dedicated to bringing their communities to Jesus Christ. We also have planned this meeting to create some enthusiasm about Jesus Christ. For the most part, in most of the churches, men are relegated to taking up the offering, ushering people to their seats, and counting the offering after service, dropping off their children to Sunday school, and picking up their wives from mission. But the enthusiasm that we have here and the enthusiasm that we have across the country is we are willing to do the chores of the church, such as singing and ushering and counting money, but we are now ready to do the work of the church, and that is reaching all men for Christ. And pastors, if you're not ready, you're going to have a new group of men on your hand, and you better get ready for them. We've also come here to have fun. Because you see, with a few men here in this church and a few men here in that church 
and a few men here in this church, the devil will whisper to you that there aren't many men really involved with Jesus. But when we come here and get dropped over into this great big bowl of thousands who love him like we love him, who worship him like we worship, it's fun, it's good, it's wonderful, and we enjoy it. When we leave here, we're going to grow. When we leave here, we're going to mature. When we leave here, we're going to be better husbands. When we leave here, we're going to be better fathers. When we leave here, we're going to be better husbands and members of the church and supporters of our pastor and doing that which is right and good and helpful for our country. We are going to be better men from here on. Better! And do you know why? God is going to help us. But there's a tough one that I have been called upon to deal with tonight that we really want to deal with. And that is this whole matter of reconciliation. This whole matter of there be, there be no difference between us as brothers and sisters on the basis of race, creed, or color. And so I want to deal with that. I want to call your attention to my text. I always get around to my text. And my text is 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. The word of reconciliation. The first thing that I want to say is I want to cause you to shout. And that is, no, hold that weak shout. <laughs> the first thing I want to say is that we have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
We are his and he is ours. We, we are no longer aliens. God was in Jesus Christ reconciling the world unto himself and I'm one of those that he reconciles. Glory be to God. I am not what I ought to be, but I am not what I used to be. Behold, now am I a child of God, and it does not yet appear what I shall be. We're reconciled. Those who have accepted Jesus Christ, you're in the family. You're already saved. You're not trying to become saved. You're saved. If Jesus has been accepted by you, say, I'm saved. Praise the Lord. And it was the ministry of God through Jesus Christ to bring mankind back unto himself. And he did it. He did it through an ignominious death on Calvary. He did it by giving his own son. And he did it by his son giving his life. And so, among the many things that I am, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I'm married. I'm grateful that I'm a father. I'm grateful that I'm a grandfather. I'm grateful that I'm a pastor. But I'm most of all grateful that I'm saved. I have two brilliant children. They took after my side of the family. One is a distinguished attorney in Boston. The other just got his doctorate of divinity from Talbot Seminary. He's a good preacher. I have three grandchildren, and they're marvelous. But the greatest joy that I have about my children is not that one is a doctor and the other one is an outstanding preacher. It is that they are saved. My little grandson of a year and two months thrilled my heart the other night by saying not only Papa, but Jesus. He's saved. But God has not only reconciled us, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. What God did through Jesus Christ to us, which is horizontal, he has given us a vertical mission, and that he has made all of us ministers of reconciliation. In other words, God is depending on us to get it together. Not Congress, not the President, not the Governor, not the Mayor, but the born again.
the greatest stumbling block in winning this world to Christ is the fact that the church has not been able to solve this whole matter of racial reconciliation. It's a thorn in our flesh. It is a hindrance to our progress. It is a poor witness. Gamblers get together. Dope addicts get together. Alcoholics get together. Prostitutes get together. Why can't the church of Jesus Christ come together across racial lines? Because I have experienced it. I want to share with you tonight that you're looking at one right now. There is nobody on earth, Rap Brown, Stokey Carmichael, Angela Davis, who hated white people more than E.V. Hill. I was born in racially discriminated and raw, segregated South, down in South Texas. I was brought up in a community that gave me every reason to hate white people. I hated white people because of what they called my grandmother, 75 years old, and 10-year-old white children calling her girl. I hated that. I hated that because of the many limitations I had. I could knock a ball so far it took a committee to find it. But I was colored, and so I was limited. I used to raise prize hogs, and my pigs were so superior to the white hog until I would always get mad because I could never compete against the white boy. I could only show in the colored division at the county fair. And they would give me for my pig 50 cents a pound and the white boy $3 a pound. And I raised so much hell in 1947 until for the first time in Texas they gave me $3 a pound for my pig. indescribable injustices. I have been walking in ice and snow with hardly any soles on the bottom of my shoes, sewed up with wire, and buses would bus right by me to pick up white students while I had to walk in ice and snow. And so it was not difficult to hate white folk. We hated y'all in prayer meeting. We told the law, come on down here and destroy these white folk. 
And it was not until my freshman year of college, my freshman year of college, as president of the Baptist Student Union at Prairie View University, I was invited to go to the national meeting in Nashville, Tennessee. And there was one problem. We were going to have to ride together. And there were two whites and three Afro-Americans. And I was one. And I said, no, I can't, I can't handle this because we're going to be riding through Arkansas, East Texas, and on into Tennessee. I can't handle this. And I know these white folks are going to finally show me their colors. I can't handle this. When we get to a service station, I know I'm going to have to go in the back wood while they use the restroom. I can't handle this. And when we get ready to eat, we're going to have to eat in the kitchen while they eat in the front. I can't handle this. And somebody and others kept urging me to go on, to go on. And so I went with Dr. W.F. Howard of Texas and others. And I was just waiting on that white man to reveal himself, to show me the nastiness. And he didn't do it. He just kept on being a Christian. And that bothered me. For I had not met no white Christians before. I had met white church folk, but they weren't no Christians. <laughs> and Dr. Howard... And when we got ready to go to the restroom, the people said, Those colored, that colored boy can't go in this restroom. He said, I'll go wherever he goes. And I said, he's just putting on a show. And when we stopped to eat, he said, those colored people can't eat in the kitchen with, in the cafe with you. They got to go to the kitchen. Dr. Howard and the lady said, we'll go to the kitchen and we'll eat. I said, he's just putting on a show. But that man whipped me to the ground. For in those four days, he revealed that I had more racial hatred in me than he ever had in his life. And he revealed to me what it really meant to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And he revealed to me that there is a first base. And the first base is accepting Christ as your personal Savior. And it was in Nashville that I rededicated myself and I touched first base. And I don't remember when I quit hating white folk. All I know, when Jesus came in, a lot of stuff went out. I had that experience. And you are now looking at one who actually does not have a single prejudice cell in his body.
what we want to do here tonight is that I have come to ask you to make this a moment of repentance. I'm not dependent on Clinton. I'm not dependent on Glenrich. I'm not dependent on Dole. I have a higher power than that. I have somebody that when he blesses you, you don't go back on your word. You go forward. And that somebody is Jesus. My Jesus is that somebody. And so tonight I have come to ask you to join me in the thousands of Christian men. We are the ones who can make a difference. We are the ones in the little small towns and communities who can make a difference. And don't let nobody fool you. The devil has caused his best imps to meet tonight. He's having a meeting as to what's going on in Seattle. My God, the devil is saying, if those get a loose, I'll be in hell. So, let's send him to hell. For as far as I'm concerned, and as many as will join me in the matter of selecting a friend, in the matter of making a decision, in the matter of being fair, honest, and just, we will never again let that be on the basis of color. has wrestled with it, mayors have wrestled with it, civil rights leaders have wrestled with it, the Klux Klux Klan has wrestled with it. They can't do nothing. They ain't been the first. They haven't had no genuine born-again experience. But I'm talking to men who know him and you love him. And he's made a difference in your life. And this whole northwest corner will be changed not by the visit of the president nor the pope, but by you. And so I come to the moment of repentance. 
I come to the moment where if it happens, all the world will know about it. 64,000 men. I want everybody to be seated. We come now to repentance. I want everybody, this is a holy moment. I've confessed my sin. I want everybody now to say, and don't do it because somebody's looking at you. God won't forgive you of that. But I want every man or woman, every man, and the women who have cut their hair put on pants to come in. I want every man here to say, Pastor, I have, now or at one time, used the color of a man's skin to make my decision. I want you to stand. I want you to repent. I want you to stand. I've done it. And now in the presence of God, while you search around to find somebody not your color, let's say no more. No more. No more. Search around to find somebody. No more. And if you can't find nobody, just tell another white person, no more. No more! Well, Evie Hill is not with us anymore, but his messages are timeless. Lisa, what's next? Next message, Evie Hill, 1992 Boulder. He's going to talk about identity, who we are in Christ, and why all things are going to be possible with God. Thank you so very much. As one word that I have to describe how I feel all the time, and that word is wow. <laughs> and coming out here tonight and enjoying the beauty of the rain and running into some people who are so bold that they don't even let it affect them has stirred up my spirit. We have the right crowd here at the right place. God has greatly blessed us. There are two passages of scripture that I want to lead you into thinking with me with. One is found in 1 Peter, the second chapter, beginning with verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye shall show forth the praise of him who hath called you out of darkness into the marvelous light, which in times past 
were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And then, of course, in my favorite passage in the book of Timothy, that favorite passage of mine which deals with put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And with the shield of faith, you may be able to quench every fiery dot of the wicked. The first thing that I think it is very important tonight is to identify us. I believe it is important, I believe it is very essential that the media and strangers who have come to be with us tonight know exactly who we are. First of all, I would say that I would want to talk about who we are not. We are not people who have placed their faith in materialism or humanism. We are not people who have given up. We are a people of hope. We are a people of determination. We are a people with a message from God. We are a people of love, of mercy, and a message of salvation. Our message is very, very clear. And we are here to lift up our candidates who is campaigning for your life. He is bigger than Clinton. He is bigger than Bush. He is bigger than Perot. He is Lord of Lord and King of King, the Son of God. And if and if you let him to direct your path in all of these other important but minor situations. And so we have come to say that we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We have professed him as our Savior. We follow him as our Lord. And we shall one day reign with him in heaven on high. We are identified with Christ because we believe that life begins at finding yourself. And no one has found themselves who have not found the right relationship with their Creator. And the only way you can find your right relationship with your Creator is to find Jesus Christ. For you get to the Father only through the Son. We believe and we have accepted and we have experienced that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's that. Because we have been identified and we identify ourselves with him, it should be very clear. I should never forget, on one of Mr. Donahue's shows, four or five years ago, when Pat Robinson was running for president, there was a discussion of what would it be like if he or any Christian would be elected president of the United States. A youngster got on the phone, on the microphone, about 20 years old, and he said, oh my God, what a travesty. What a breakdown the world would almost self-destruct. And I thought how pitiful and how unfortunate it is for him and thousands of others to not know what happens to you when you accept Christ. There are millions of people who evidently feel that we turn into some type of vermin, or some type of beast, some type of animal out of this world. Because there are people who believe that the worst thing that can happen is that Christians rise up and take this country for Christ. I suggest that the greatest thing that can happen is for Christians to rise up and take this country for Christ. So we're here because 
we believe the Lord Jesus Christ. We became acquainted with him first by hearing the word of God. The first thing that must happen, and the reason this meeting is so important, is that all must first hear the word of God. As I look out over this throng of people, I am so excited because there are enough of us right here to take every hamlet, village, city, and town the message, take to it the message of Jesus Christ. 10 or 12, 15 years ago, when J. Edgar Hoover was head of the FBI, he invited a number of leaders, some 200 or more, to New York to discuss the plight of our country as it related to subversive activities. He invited us to hear about the left wing and the right wing movement in the United States. I, for one, was not really interested in neither the right wing nor left wing. It was the birds that I was concerned. All right wing birds have a left wing. And so all of a sudden, with these 200 people on the 40th floor at the Hilton Hotel, they began to discuss the Black Panther Party and its impact upon New York City, that the Panthers have New York. The Panthers were roaming the streets of New York. The Panthers had shut up all stores after 5 o'clock in Harlem, New York, and Upper New York. The Panthers had closed down the Central Park for the most part. The Panthers made millions of people cross the bridges, hurrying out of New York. The Panthers had fear gripped New York City. Millions of people, nearly four millions of people, fled because the Panthers were on the march. And so I asked Mr. Sullivan a question. I knew the answer, but I wanted everybody else to know it. I said, Mr. Sullivan, how many Panthers are active in New York? How many of them are causing stores to be locked up? How many of them are causing churches not to have worship at night. How many of them are closing down Central Park at night, Lover's Lane? How many of them have gripped the town with fear? What is the active membership of the Black Panther Party of New York? And Mr. Sullivan said, 81. 81, running four million people across the bridges. 81, closing down churches and businesses. 81, causing fear to grip and shutting down the places of social activity. Just 81. My friends, there needs to be a condemnation of the Black Panthers' activity 
but there needs to be a complement of their effectiveness. Because as I look out over here, there's 81 everywhere I look. And we are not closing down nothing. We are not closing down institutions of ill repute, abortion centers and what have you. We are not closing them down. And there are more than 81 of us here. But those 81 were dedicated to the point of their own lives. They cared not for their lives. And they were effective in closing down New York. And I have come here tonight to plead, to beg, that these 20,000 men of God multiplied 81 many times will leave here with the word so fired up until every city, every community, every church will be turned upside down. And there are enough of us here to do it. We don't need nobody else. Nobody is absent. Nobody is not here. Everybody that God needs is right here, right now. We can do it because of who we are. We can do it because of who we are. Listen again at who we are because we have been identified with Jesus Christ. Listen again to Peter. The second chapter, with this Bible stuck together from rain. <laughs> we are a chosen generation. I honestly believe that God, before the foundation of the world, had this meeting arranged. You are not here by accident. You are a chosen vessel to go back to your home and start revival. We are a royal priesthood because we have been identified with Christ. There is a wrongness in us. I'm more than a boy reared in poverty and discrimination in Texas. I'm more than a boy that lived in a log cabin. I am now a member of the family of God. I'm a royal priest. I'm a child of the king. I'm a peculiar person. I sat in the rain and holler hallelujah. from the pits of hell. My soul is saved and my praises go up to God for I shall show forth his praises. For I was once a sinner lost in sin but Jesus found me and he took me in. Several years ago, several years ago, 
I received a telephone call from one of my prayer partners and a beloved friend, Dr. Jesse Jackson. And Jesse called me. A lot of people don't know Jesse prays. <laughs> but any Negro that runs for president better pray. <laughs> and Jesse said, Ed, I'm going to the Middle East. I said, where? New Jersey, New York, where? He <laughs> said, no, I'm going to Israel, and then I'm going to Jordan and Egypt and several other places. And I want you to go with me. And I want you to go because I want you to be there to pray with me. He says, I have my attorneys and I have Council of Churches and all of those, and I have the ACLU. He said, but I need a midnight prayer partner. And I said, no, Jesse, I ain't going. You ain't going to get me killed. I'll pray for you while you're over there. And he said, well, Ed, come on, go. I said, no, I'm not going. I'll tell you now, I'm not going. I'll go to Alabama and Mississippi, but I ain't going over there. <laughs> Two days later, I was moved by the Spirit of the Lord to go with him. When I took this trip, it was an unusual trip. We took the plane from Kennedy, and there were those on the plane who almost terrorized us. I thought the plane would blow up. When we got to Israel, the largest number of news media people only surpassed by Sadat when he went to the conference. And when Jesse was there, he got up before the Jewish people and said, you must give a homeland for the people of the Arabic countries. And I shut up. Because on our way home, our, bum, our bus was stoned. And I laid on the floor of the bus and said, Jesse, why did you have to say that? <laughs> we went to the West Bank. And he said to the Arab countries, you must let Israel live in peace. And young boys with machine guns, 14 years old, clicked them. And I stood up and said, I have to explain what he said. <laughs> and somehow or another, I got lost in the crowd. And they pushed me back, for I was a nobody. And I hollered and I said to Jesse, Jesse! And Jesse turned around and told the people in charge, let him through. And they said, who is it? And Jesse said, he's with me. And they let me through. When we got to Jordan, and was crossing over, and I walked up to Jesse's limousine and attempted to get in, the man said, get out. And Jesse said, he's with me. And they said, please get in. When we got to King Hussein's home, and I went to the table to sit down, and the waiter said, you don't belong here. We don't know you. And Jesse said, he's with me. 
and they said, please be seated. There came a time that the journey was over, and I could no longer be identified by Jesse. He took me all the way through Israel and all to Jordan and Egypt, but finally we must part. But I come here to tell you tonight that Jesse is one who knows a lot of people, but he's limited. Jesse is one who has a lot of influence, but he's limited. He got me through Israel and Jordan, but he's limited to get me through my day-to-day -day problems. But praise God, we who know Jesus Christ, we've got somebody that's bigger than Jesse. Wherever we are, whatever we face, Jesus of Nazareth says he's with me. She's with me. And even when I come down, even when I come down to the rivers of Jordan and death faces me in the face, I shall not fear because he who has brought me safe thus far will tell old death he's with me yes, sir. and walk me through the valley of the shadows of death. We are somebody, not because we are white nor black, we are somebody because we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's work for us to be done. These are the fiery dots of the wicked, and he's firing them at us. Everywhere we go, Satan is on his job. We who have been identified with Christ must get what we can on this mountain, but leave this mountain and go wherever we have come from and make a difference in the name of Jesus. Paul gives us, Paul gives us a shouting verse. He says, with the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able. He didn't say, it is possible. He didn't say, maybe. He said, with the shield of faith. Our faith that Dr. Pilar talks about. With that faith as our shield, we can quench, we can Squash. We can destroy. We can put out of business every fiery dot of the wicked. Well, you didn't shout loud enough. So let's put it another way. Let's put it another way, and you ought to shout. Every fiery dot of the wicked can be put out. The homeless can be sheltered. The hungry can be fed. The lost can be saved. The homes can be redeemed. The children can be saved. We can overcome. We can be all right. 
send you forth with a faith that will not shrink, though pressed by every force. I send you forth from here this weekend, bold and venturous. Go out there and witness to the loss. Organize for the game. Organize for the hookers. Organize for the pimps. Bring them all back to God's fold. They're God's children. Let's start a bonfire by beginning right here in Boulder, somewhere between a hot dog and a Coke. Speak to the maids at your hotel. Speak to the taxi drivers. Speak to the station owners. Speak to the keepers in the store. And let's start a bonfire right here and let it spread. I have written. I have written a special poem for this occasion. I dedicate it to every one of you. Go on. Go on. Go on. Go on, go on, go on. Go on, go on, go on. Go on, go on, go on. The second verse. Go on, go on, go on. I gotta say, Lisa, you know, Evie Hill's messages, they just they just kinda go right through you in India and help you kinda see things differently. And I love his perspective and you know, you're right, you started the show by saying, you know, the calls that we get at at the office, people want, you know, E V Hill messages. Mm-hmm. I mean they they want to see these and what a great man of God. Yeah. I think just the way he declares what is true. He declares what is just true over and over and over. And by the time he's done, you're like, yeah, that's what I should be breathing off of today, you know? So let's declare this. When you honor your upline, you always inspire your downline. So thank you for joining us here with PK Classics. We'll see you again next week. Listen, for those of you that are going through, for those of us that are waiting on His promise, understand God has not forgotten you. When times get tough, you got to look up to heaven and encourage yourself and say,
opportunity. And you know what? I love that E.B. He had loved him a many years. 
and the color of someone's skin does not tell you who's inside of that skin. It, it don't tell you who these people really are. Uh-huh. I, 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 my daughter and I was talking, and we were talking about the police and that we had never been harassed. And she was telling me, because I know how to treat the police, I know when they say something, I do what they say and don't give them no problem because there's a reason for it, whether it's a prejudice reason or not. Yeah. And we, earlier, before we had the conversation, we had saw um, a state trooper. And I told her, I said, go in and pay for her a drink. And she went and paid for the drink. And when the, the trooper had gone to the substation office inside of the store, and so she come out and got in her car and was pulling off. And my daughter stopped and said, hey, my mom paid for a drink for you. And we saw you, you know, you come out. So evidently she didn't know. So she said, oh, how did y'all know? I need uh, some kind of drink, she said. So she went back in. My daughter went in with her and she got her drink. And uh, 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 Saturday and yesterday, we saw her at work. We saw her pull people over <laughs> several times, and we went right on by her, you know, on to our destination. And listen, y'all, I'm telling y'all God have work for us to do. Now, I didn't think that I could get inside of the prison system uh, again, you know, not, not to do time, but to go in to minister, to be a blessing. Uh, to the administration and the inmates. And to my surprise, I was blessed to get in there. And so uh, I thank God for it because what I did, I said, well, I, I don't know if I can get into prison. I don't think I can. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start a pen pal ministry, a prison pen pal ministry, where every inmate that I can get their address, I will write to them. And I started doing that years ago. I knew it. It's been so long. You might remember better than I remember. But I started the, uh, Jesus in the Morning Radio before I started the Pen Pal Ministry. And so I started that and it grew. And I'm like, wow, look at this. They changed the system now. Because you can't just write them. Well, you can write a physical letter. But they send it somewhere else. And then they let the inmate uh, receive it through an email on their tablet because everybody in prison now have a tablet. And all kind of stuff is going on that's different. Everything is transitioning into a whole nother arena because of the Internet. And so I'm like, what is this? But God have yet a purpose, a plan, and a system for his people. There are many there who were Muslims. They never would have turned to Christianity. They never would have sought after Jesus. But because of where God allowed them to end up, he didn't put them there. He allowed them to go there. Now they see Jesus is the way. And it's the only way I'm going to come out of here in a sound mind and say, I got to have Jesus. 
So somebody in there planted a seed. He sent someone else to water, someone else to put fertilizer. And so now they've grown, but God was the one that was cultivating and fixing and adding and increasing and growing and, you know, multiplying in the, in the soil that was planted. Yeah, in the seed, brother, that was planted. And so now, it, 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 you know, you got people there that say, Barbara, Jesus is. <laughs> what is it, honey? The way, the truth, and the life. You, you you got people that is telling me now, they're telling me this. I came to him believing. Well, what did you believe in? That he is a rewarder of them, <clears throat> excuse me, that diligently seek him. Hallelujah. You, you don't know what that means, some of y'all, because you've never been there. Maybe you never had no one who went there and, and changed. But I get to see the actual change, the later uh, wrote me the other day, and she said, uh, my son is in prison, and he has two life sentences. And so I told her, you know, uh, uh, God is. He's a rewarder, but you got to seek him. And you got to be faithful at seeking him. She said, but oh, he's a, he's a Muslim. I said, honey, I've seen God turn Muslims into Jesus people. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow, brother Louis, that's a wonderful thing. He used to take the band to prison and, the ju- and to the juvenile detention centers. You see, because this is what happens. I know they messed up. I did too. I know they did wrong. I did too. It wasn't always uh, 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 kiting. It wasn't always uh, taking money from the bank taking money from the grocery store. It wasn't always that. Before I came to God, I was a liar. Before I came to God, I used to hold. I didn't do my prostitution for money. Hold it for fun. (laughs) I used to smoke weed. I used to drink. I used to party. I used to club. It wasn't always criminal activities. But let the first one without sin cast the first stone. And Jesus told him, now look here. When you've done this unto the least ones, you've done it unto me. And somebody want to know, well, when did I not do it to the least ones? When when, when, when I was shunning people away when you didn't go see the folks that were sick in the hospital? When you didn't pray for them? When you didn't go see them when they was in prison locked up, or you didn't pray for them. When they was hungry, and they told you they was hungry, and you told them you're going to pray for them. They didn't need prayer at the time. They needed groceries. They needed something to eat. Yeah, yeah. They they, they, they didn't need you to tell them you were going to pray for them when you saw they was homeless. They needed somewhere to live, a roof over their head. He gave us the power to cast out demons, addictive demons, all rape demons. So do you know some people get raped and, and, and spirits enter them? 
They can never trust another man. They don't ever want a man. They prefer a woman now because of what a man did. All kind of stuff in us. He gave us the ability to cast out. Not only way they don't come out, the person that got them are familiar with them and they don't want them to come out. Now, if they don't want them to come out, they're not coming out. The man that was in Alaska come up from under the bridge, had beat up the little man the night before. God sent me over to him. He was ready to release them demons because what they had him doing. The woman at the Household of Faith Church in Jacksonville, Florida, over there on Edgewood, went out, passed out on the side of the floor. The preacher got up and preached right on business as usual like nothing was happening. The Lord said, go over and look. When I went over and looked, he showed me. I said, okay, Lord, I won't interrupt this service. Because, you know, when somebody up preaching and they they feel like this is my house, don't you come in here and interrupt my house talking about nothing. Demon cast it out, although God would have shut him down. But, hey, I have respect. When it was over with, my grandbaby's new grandbaby's two twins was there. I went over to her. They helped her up off the floor. I said, baby, can you come with me a minute? She came in the bathroom with me. I said, do you want them things to go? She said, yeah, they torturing me. They torturing me bad. I said, okay, you want them to go? She said, yeah. These women were at the door, outside the door, peeping in. Listen what they said, outside peeping in. That's what we want to know. Well, why didn't you, if you got the power, why didn't you come in and touch with, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyway, the Lord told me what to do, lay hands. I laid the hands and command them things out. You could smell them. Oh, what a horrible smell. You could feel them moving around in a belly, and I said, uh uh-uh, they got to go today. The Lord said, cast them out. I command them out in the name of Jesus. See, you can't play now. You can't be over there playing. And you can't worry about what's going on around you. God doesn't send you to do a work. You got to focus. Cast them things out of her. She went to up chucking them. Oh, smell. Oh, my goodness. You ain't smelled nothing like that. I said, hell is like that. I can't be there. And it's hot. That makes the smell worse. Cast them out of her. Went on out. I said, baby, clean yourself up. She got her some paper towels and water and soap and started cleaning herself up. I walked on out of there. But when I got out of my son, Lonnie, he was holding the two babies, and I went and I started playing with the babies. So the women that was outside the door looking in, tell me that's what we talked what we want to know. They went to him, and they said, Minister Ali, who is this lady? He said, that's my mother. They said, oh, and went on about their business. He said, what did you do? I said, nothing. He said, what, what, what was going on in that bathroom? I said, nothing. No, he said, what was you doing in that bathroom? I said nothing because I didn't. God did. I couldn't take the glory. I left there lifting my hands and praising him. You hear me? Yeah, because see, some people, they don't understand. Yeah, they don't understand what's going on. Yeah, and I do. (laughs) Because he showed me it is what it is. 
Whatever he showed me is the truth. I learned that quickly. So we thank God this morning for his word. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We thank him for his word today. Uh, and I'm grateful unto him for what he can do, for what he has done, for what he will do, for what he's doing right now. Great and mighty things. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah, uh, yeah, Lord Jesus. That's all I can say today is thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because you've done great and mighty things for us, all of us. Because, you know, you, you, many days, I know you, you have every day, really, you have no clue what you're in the midst of. Yeah, see, you, you don't know that uh, demons all around you. You, you don't know you go in the door, they come in the door with you. You go in the store, they come in the store with you. You don't know you go in the store, they already there. Yeah, all kind of ugly spirits. But I'm going to let you know this morning because you, you got the power. Greater is he that lives within you than he that is in the world. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you something. God has kept these evil, uncontrollable sometimes demons away from me. He kept them away because they couldn't do nothing with me. And then they didn't want to get too, too close because they knew. They knew the power of God. Not the power of Barbara, but the power of Almighty God. I command them in the name of Jesus. Now, if that name is a name where the righteous can run in and be saved, why can't it be a name we cast these things out? You can't live in here with me. I, 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 I live alone <laughs> with Jesus. I, I can't have no other spirits lurking and, and, and hanging around. You got to go now. I know you think you got something in here, but you don't have nothing here but that dough getting on up out of here. Number one, you didn't even come in here. You couldn't. You tried. Because wherever we go, God is with us. He loses protecting angels. And see, some of us, we think, well, I haven't been a good Christian, and I, I haven't been in church in years, and I, I don't pray like everybody. Look here, he loses them protecting angels to stand watch, to shield, and protect you. Death didn't come up upon you, but it couldn't conquer you. Why? You believe. He's with you. They done told me all kind of stuff I couldn't do. They done told me all kind of stuff that would happen to me. The Lord even told me way back in the day, your stomach, when, when you this and that happened, it's your stomach. It's not no heart attack. It's not this. It's not that. It's your belly. <laughs> and he protects me. And he'll tell me what to eat. Go roll some garlic. It'll just come to me strong. I roast that garlic and eat it. Boy, I could do a somersault. I could do a split. Why? He gave that to me. Anything he give us is going to work, but we got to put it to work. We got to use it. We got to pray even and ask God to lead and guide us in the right path every day for his name's sake. 
Ask God in our lives to let his will be done and strengthen us as his will is being done in our life because, see, we're not the same as he is. So when his will starts working, we'll be looking like looking at the devil. Done. Come over here fooling around. I bind the devil up. No, that ain't the devil. That's his will being done in your life. And it's been done in a way that you're not comfortable with and you're not familiar with. Because most spiritual things combat that flesh. Oh, most spiritual things punch that flesh in the stomach. Boom. When it hold it head up, it give it two black eyes. Bam, bam. Knock that flesh out. The spirit of God. Because if you study the word and you look at the scripture, the corner and the flesh are always at war. They're always fighting against each other. Because the flesh will tell you to do some crazy stuff. The spirit will come in and say, don't do that. The flesh will say, wait till I see them. I'm going to tell them about themselves. When they get that, you won't even remember. Because the spirit and the carnal is working against each other. And whoever you yield to the most, that's who's going to win. If you give more to the spirit than you give to your flesh, the spirit is going to win. But if you give more to your flesh than you give to the spirit, the spirit, the, the flesh going to win. I heard E.B. here talking about he was prejudiced. There are many black people that are prejudiced too. It's not just the other races. We have some prejudiced ways too, but we want to point that finger. And when we kill each other, nobody says nothing. They, they may say, this is a shame. These young people need to stop. But they're not going to stand up and tell them to stop. But if a white cop kills a black person, oh, boy, it's the worst thing since sliced bread. But when you kill one another, you said nothing. And you're going to meet people that you don't like in every race. But the Jesus in you should work in a way where you still love. Because he said you got to love. Even love your enemies. You don't understand what they did to me, Barbara. You see, see, Barbara, you don't know. I do know. I've been done wrong before like I done did some wrong. Just like I have been done wrong, I done did some folks wrong. And I have to look at me. I can't be looking at what people done did to me. I got to look at me. Again, you got that. The first one without seeing cast the first stone. Let me get this.
your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love that song right there. Yeah, when I get ready to go on to take my rest, I know God going to send the angels. Hallelujah. To bring me on over. No fear, no nothing. I feel the spirit of the Lord moving this morning. Listen, I see you, Brother D. You know it was time to check in. <laughs> I thank God for you, Brother D. God bless you this morning, and a God bless your family. And I pray all is well with you. So good to see that 706. And it helps me when I see that 706. I used to tell Brother Frank that that's a prank when I see that number now. At 702, it, it, it let me know some things. Yeah. And so I'm grateful uh, unto the Lord for you. And thank you for calling in so I could see that 706 this morning. And uh, God bless you again. God bless you real good. Thank God for everybody this morning. Good morning, Sister Jerry. And good morning, Sister Dorothy Goodman. And Minister Shonda. And Sister Irene. And good morning to you, Sister Sion. And uh, good morning to you, Minister Spinner. And uh, my God, baby, Laura. And again, Brother D this morning. Uh, Brother Louis, God bless you over there. Thank you so much uh, for keeping that chat room going. Hallelujah. If it wasn't for Brother Louie, I wouldn't have it open, but he's there faithfully 13 years in August. September, one of them. 13 years. And so I thank God for you, Brother Louie, and I thank God for your posting scriptures and uh, keeping the chat room open and going. And uh, I'm happy today unto the Lord for all he has done. Great and mighty things for me. Kept my mind Hallelujah. Heal my body. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, uh, yeah. Keep my blood pressure down, my blood sugar right. And so I'm thankful unto him because without him we can do nothing. And I'm thankful that I'm not leaning and depending and looking into the world for what the doctor's saying, this and that. Yeah, I know. I got Jesus. Glad I've got Jesus down in my heart. 
So glad I've got Jesus. Oh, yeah, I'm glad I got him this morning. <laughs> because without him, I can do nothing. And if I didn't have him, I would be suffering. And some people say fat people are fat because of the trauma they've gone through in their lives. Well, I'm here to tell you, I've gone through some things. Yeah, I've been through the storm and lots of rain. But it's not because I'm fat. Why well, I'm fat. I love cooking, baking, and eating. Yeah, I love doing that. I don't know too many people love it in the way I love it. Only one person I know love it like I do, and that's my friend Erica. Yeah, Erica Whitehouse. Baby, that thing love cooking and baking. Do you hear me? Always trying to feed something. Well, I'm going to just cook for y'all. I let her know, go on in there and cook them uh, uh, stew peas for me. Go on in there and make them rebaked mashed potatoes and go on and put that shrimp sauce and the shrimp on it. Go on in there and make that sweet potato doodad juice. <laughs> yeah, she love it. She love it like I used to. You can wake me up 2 o'clock in the morning to cook me some breakfast. Oh, I'll be so happy. Let me, get, let me change my clothes, wash my face, wash my hands and everything. I'm going in there. I'm doing my biscuits, anything you ask. Always trying to feed somebody. Yeah, because I think food makes people happy. But I tell you, God has brought me, and I'm not as gun whole with the cooking like <laughs> or the baking like I used to be. Sometimes the urge come on me, you know, and I might rustle up a pound cake or something. But for the most part, I'm not doing all of that. Yeah, no more like I used to. And I thank God for bringing me to a place of, you know, enjoying life the way I need to and not in uh, working and running and too much going on. But I was telling you about the uh, prison pen pal, what he did for me. And I started that. Because, see, sometimes people say, well, I want a food pantry. Start out your kitchen cabinets. Yeah. Start right there. Start out your freezer and your refrigerator and watch what God does. Be faithful at it. See, what I learned with him, if you stay faithful, no talking about, well, see, I I, I, I need a thousand people. I don't need no, I need two people. Two more and me. He said two or three. And if it's just one more and me, we still winning. So if I feed one person, one family, uh-uh, I'm food pantry. I want to do a clothes closet. Well, go on to Ross and different places and find different sizes on sale. Sometimes you can find things for $3. <clears throat> Quality stuff. And start out your closet. I got to start out mine. I got some brand new jeans that I can't wear them. I got to give them away. Tags, still on them. Mm-mm. Got stuff I wore maybe once or twice. I got to give it away. And so I fold it up, pack it up, some stuff I make sure it's washed and ironed and starched up, and I give it away. Clean my closet out. Yeah, uh, uh, Lord, I want this. Start with what you got. Some people feel like if they start uh, uh, preaching or ministering or whatever, it's got to be a lot of people. No, God will do it one-on-one until you get the hang of it, I say, until you, you, you perfect it. Then he'll send you to do whatever you got to do. There's only a certain kind of people going to come here to Jesus in the morning because it's not for everybody. Everybody can't handle it. But they're looking for something else. 
They don't come looking for Jesus in the morning. They come looking for something else. I'm telling you now. Let me see how she articulate her words, foolishness. Let, 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 let me see if she got a different word for the day. Some, some, some things is over and over and over and over and over and over. Because of this, he's talking to certain people about certain things. And they're working on getting there, but they haven't gotten there yet. But I'm, I'm going to remember this. They, they, they didn't remember it from 10 years ago. All of a sudden, the 12th year, they remember. And then they, they start walking in. Uh-huh. Flesh and carnal. And once we get that spiritual down, God going to lead and guide us in the right path for his name's sake. If we're wrong, go higher. So you're going to go through some things, more things than you went through the year before. But guess what? You're not grumbling. <clears throat> you're not complaining. And you get more than blessed. God always bring you out more blessed than you went in. That's the way he, that's his MO. This is the way he rolled. This is who he is. Is what he does. Is what he likes doing for others. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm grateful this morning. Hallelujah. Unto him. There's nothing too hard for him to do. He will fix every situation in your life. The enemy told me this weekend about that birthday lunch. Look, the other family didn't show up. They said they was coming. Well, my cousin, the one I really wanted to see, she got a cold, and she had wrote me and told me, but I was so busy, I wasn't checking messages and things. I was running and ripping and doing, yeah. And then um, my other nieces, I didn't hear from them. My brother got there, and he left. The devil tried to play on that. But this is what the Spirit of the Lord come back and remind me, who was there is who I had there. Who was there is who was going to make your day brighter. In the natural, and they did. The whole women retreat came. A whole women retreat with one man so he could drive. You talking about some laughing at that table? My granddaughter, uh, she 22, and she got Down syndrome. But the, you, you, you talking to her, look here, you just got to know some things. I'm clowning and just having a good time. The Down syndrome baby say, Granny, stop it. <laughs> because she felt like I was too loud and, uh, you know, I wasn't in the element of the preacher, the evangelist. I was just Barbara. She wasn't used to that, you know. And she wanted me to cut it out. Yeah, I kept right on going, y'all. It's my birthday. I am enjoying myself, Kalila. And so then she would start laughing with me, you know, and sit right next to me. She had to be there. And so I just had a wonderful time. But that was God. He he changed everything. The way I thought it was going to be, now, he brought it the way I needed it. Remember, he supplied me. Yeah. And I know why you can hear people down the cave scream. I don't say it. You know what I'm saying. Funny. And I just thank God for good laughter. Thank God for good people. Thank God for the people he put in my life. Yeah. Don't make no difference about no color. I ain't got time for it. I don't got no time for no, uh, what they call the thing? Uh, 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 
whatever, wherever you come from, all of that. I ain't got no time for that. If you human, we can we can rock together. Yeah. If you human, we can understand each other. We can see and know what each other talking about. Your color does not really make you. I know they told us they do, but God made a variety. Of, of, of people and a variety of color. And I often say this, like many people say, can you imagine how boring it would be if we was all just black doing the same thing? Oh, no. I would be without some stuff. Just like other races, if their race was all their race and no black people, it would be very boring, plus a lot of things we wouldn't have because different people invented it. Yeah, I mean, now have me some peanut butter on my toast, like peanut butter toast. Yeah, I may have all something else. I don't have no traffic lights and stop signs. May not have no grinders, no watermelon juice, carrot juice. I don't know. But I do know this. He didn't say if any black man or any black woman, you know, the generic term, he said if any man, be in Christ. Yes, if we look back at 2 Corinthians, uh, I think this is chapter 5 and verses 17, look what he's saying again. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You hear that from me every morning. Now, verse 18 says, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He give us the ministry of color, nationality. Now, he gave us a, the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, we can help others to be reconciled with God. I, I, I had to come to be reconciled with him. I heard something out of my past that blessed me to remember God and to give him a try. Try Jesus. He's all right. Try Jesus. I can't try my cover. Ain't nothing to it. Yeah, he made me his color and it's going to stick. I can't change it, but it won't get you to heaven. My blackness won't get you to heaven. My, my black slang, it won't get you to heaven. We got to have Jesus together because he's the author and finisher of our faith. He's our Lord and Savior. If he said to love his enemy, he told us to love one another. Not like the world loved, but like he loved. He forgave people who did him wrong. They were going to throw him off that cliff, whether you know it or not. And to prove to you, it wasn't no joke. They went on and crucified. Oh, yes, they did. They killed him. Look what they did. Put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. Hung him up. Pierced him in his side. Out come blood and water. He was thirsty. Asked him for a drink. They gave him gall a drink. Put a crown of thorns, thorns on his head. Laughed at him, picked at him, made him carry his own cross up Calvary's hill. Beat and battered, made him carry his cross. 
He was buried in a borrowed tomb. But like he had insurance so he could show off what the family do for their loved one when they die, dress them all up, put them in a decorated box. Now, it wasn't none of that. A man came and gave him a tomb to be laid in. But three days later, they found out he wasn't there. <laughs> he rose again with all power. Hey, glory. Got the power to save you. Got the power to change your whole house around, your whole inside of what's going on bad in your house. He's got the power to turn it to good. He got the power to save that old mean person in your house. That old disrespect for son. That old raggedy disrespect for daughter. God got a way to save them, clean them up, make them whole. You don't see them raggedy no more. You don't see them disrespectful. The spirit of the Lord has come and living in them, and they want it. We're talking about Jesus this morning, the son of the true and living God. Ah, he's got all power. Hallelujah. Jehovah God, the Father, there's no limit to his power. I know they said no, but if he said yes, the answer is going to be yes. I know your children act a donkey, the husband, the wife, they act a plum fool. But he's got the power to change them, not you. You can't change nothing, not even your own self. We got to let God in if we want it forever. Uh, yeah. And it's all right this morning in Jesus' name. So we give him glory, we give him honor, and we give him praise. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, that's where I was at at Lower Brother we call it lower ha-ha. Yeah, that's where I was. <laughs> FCI. Uh-huh. God is great, and I love him today. But I knew, I knew when he turned me loose, I knew I was going to come out and do much unto him. I didn't know how, when, or why. I mean, when or where. I didn't know all of that now, but I knew I would come out and be faithful unto him. Yeah. And I'd give the world a tools back. I don't know how, when, or where, but I believed. Yeah. And I didn't really know God in the way that I know him now. I had a form of godliness and denying the power thereof because he got the power to deliver us. He's got the power to save us. Listen, uh, we're running out of time this morning, and I don't like to go longer than I paid for. So we're going to pray out this morning, and we pray the Lord Bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. And tomorrow, we'll have the studio open by 9, hopefully, and uh, just let God have his way for those with testimonies or you want to share something. You you, you still got a little time now if you want to press the number one and come in. And uh, I'm grateful for all the birthday wishes, all of the birthday gifts, the phone calls, and everything. I thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank God for you, Sister Irene. Thank God for you. I'm, I'm, I'm having big seafood <laughs> in a few minutes. Yeah, today, today. And so I thank God for I had a wonderful time on Saturday and uh, having a wonderful time later today. And uh, as families invite me, I'm going and enjoying my birthday celebration. They can give me a birthday meal. I'm thankful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Any gift? I'm grateful unto the Lord. I thank God for you. And um, 
You're giving heart. You're giving spirit. I thank God for you. So let's pray out. Let's pray out. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for all that has been said and done. We thank you for your move this morning, Lord, for your dropping the things that your people needed. And Lord, I ask that every caller and every listener have a testimony. Oh, yeah, that he did it today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for turning things around. Thank you for working in our homes, Lord, to make it safer for us and let your anointing rest there and move for us. We're grateful again. We appreciate you. We love you. And, Father, we can't tell you thank you enough. As we depart this morning, bless our going out. Bless our coming in. Continue to meet the need in our lives according to your and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Do it today, God. And Lord, help us not to look at color and race, but help us to look to the hills, to you, O God, from which cometh our help. All of our help again comes from you. You made the heavens and the earth. We thank you this morning again. Give you glory, honor, and praise. Ask it all today in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another. In the name of Jesus, go today in love and peace, share the good news of Jesus, and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, February 27, 2023, in Jesus' name. Oh, I like that right there. He blessed me. Oh, to make it through 23. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just grateful, just grateful. Okay, we're going to our last song of the morning. After this one, we won't be coming back today.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 